0: Welcome, Welcome to the Run With Us podcast, your show for everything Chicago Bulls. And now, your co-hosts, Michael Labalarte and Kevin McKenna. Welcome back, Bulls fans. Fourth episode of the Run With Us podcast. A lot has happened within the last week. A couple signings. Uh, the summer league started. Really exciting stuff, so uh, let's get right into it. Michael, anything you wanted to uh, start with in particular? I think Summer
1: League is probably the top of of everyone's mind right now. So we've played two games. We beat the Mavericks in a sloppy fashion, but we won. And then we got destroyed by the fraudulent Knicks. So... The question is, what have we seen so far from the players? And the only players we're really worried about are the four guys that we have under contract for next year. That is Simonovic, Dalen Terry, Justin Lewis, and Javon Liberty Freeman. So, obviously, Lewis and Freeman are two-way contracts. Simonovic will be technically the third-string center slash power forward. Hopefully, we see him get more minutes than last year. And then Dalen Terry, it's still seen... You know, it's still out to be known what his role is going to be in next year's team. Whether he's just a garbage time player, whether if he finds a role in the rotation, but those are the four key players that we want to talk about today. Yeah,
0: yeah. Let's start. Let's start with uh, game one. Uh, game one in the summer league uh, against the Mavericks. I am pleasantly surprised with Marco Simonovich's play. Oh, yeah. I mean, we saw early on. He looked different than last year. Much different. Bulkier. That's he got huge. He got bigger. I mean, that was he's
1: confident. the biggest question. It's his team this year. He knows that he's the, the main guy. And the he Sunday plays team.
0: like it. Yeah. Started off hot. First couple, of, he had the first four or six points. Um, just looks
1: confident, really. Yeah whether it's rolling to the rim, whether it's crashing the rebounds, whether it's uh, shooting from outside. He hasn't been great from outside yet, but he's shown the, the touch from the mid range, especially um, the interior defense. Isn't, isn't going to be there. And I don't think will ever be there. It'll be good if, that he bulks up a little bit to be a bit more physical in the paint, but that's not what he's there for. He's an offensive minded center, kind of like Vooch in the fact that they're, they excel you know, around the basket, and they can shoot the ball. And They're, he's grabbing rebounds. He is, and he what? what do you have thirteen rebounds? Thirteen yeah. rebounds. That, yeah, that just shows I, I the ball a little catch bit. Yesterday's game against the Knicks. I know Simonovich did not play too well. I think. Uh, I don't, I don't know his final stats of that one. If you want to pull those up real quick, but obviously they didn't play as well as we did. We saw in the first game. But this isn't about wins and losses. This is about, like we said, seeing the development of Simonovic and how what we have in Dale and Terry, Javon Liberty Freeman, and obviously Justin Lewis, too. I really like Justin Lewis. I think he can be a really good find. Yeah, that, I, I was happily surprised with his play. He's really athletic. And he can shoot the ball a little bit, which is always a plus. Um, Th- those dogs were ferocious. Those were, especially in the, the first game. But um, this is not the like, the greatest summer league roster we've had. Um, and a lot of it comes down to Dalen Terry being running the offense. Really? I know he doesn't play point guard for us, but I, I see him bring the ball up a lot. They have him start the offense, which is good because obviously his passing is a, is a plus and one of his strengths. First game. He had six, of six, six, six assists and six turnovers, which is not great, but you see the vision. You see how he sees the court and it's, and it's very exciting to see how young he is and how well he already understands where to go with the ball. Um, his scoring, like he doesn't look like right now, I know it's early, but we have to accept the fact that I don't think he's going to develop into a scorer. And I think both fans are okay with that, but it, it, he doesn't have, you know, the greatest handle. He doesn't have the smoothest touch around the basket. So, he's probably going to just be a 3 and D player in the NBA which is nice. We have to be realistic in our expectations for Dalen Terry. But what he brings is the energy, the defensive tenacity and obviously like we saw the uh the passing ability. So
0: yeah, followed it up with three three assists in the summer league. You know, the the Bulls as a whole didn't play nearly as well right as game 1 even though game 1 got very sloppy at times. Um 13 points though. Hit a three grab the board, you know, nothing crazy, but but still promising. I mean, yeah, and this is a a really large role for him. Like
1: coming out of college, obviously he was a big, he had a big role in Arizona. And then now he's in the summer league where he's basically the second option. And then he's going to go, you know, play for the bulls. Well, where he might not even play to start the year. So everything's got to be taken with a grain of salt. Obviously it's his first summer league in the NBA. He's super young. He's got a lot of development to do. I think he's going to have to work a lot on his, on his shooting, as especially as a catch and shoot player, he's got a pretty quick jump shot. But I I don't see him being a like a super knockdown three point shooter with, with the first couple years. I think it's gonna take a little bit for him. So again, we're, we're we're we are building a nice young core we can build around. We have some good young players, and and as much as we say the we're an old team with a very small window, with names like Patrick Williams with a guy like Io Sumo, even Lonzo Ball, who's still very young, and now Dylan Terry, a lot of solid underrated talent on this team, and the Summer League is a great place to showcase it. And then, you, again, we have the guys like Justin Lewis and Simonovic, who don't have a lot of expectations but really could surprise some players.
0: Yeah, Justin Lewis, 3 for 6, 7 points the other night, grabbed a couple of boards, um, and obviously, as we know, Simonovic struggled. He had 1 point. Over five from the field, but it, you know it's a we take it as a whole sample right, piece. Right. The whole and all of are the minutes were really
1: a lot down. I think I don't think they played as much as they did because it was kind of garbage time later in that game. I'm not sure. No, right? I mean, I'm not Lewis's sure how much got to minutes.
0: Reduce. Yeah, Simonovich 21. Dalen and Terry got the most minutes. Uh, he played 27 minutes of the game. Uh, this is referring to the game against the Knicks, where we got that's a lot of minutes in, in the, the summer water. game. I'm not gonna lie. Dalen Terry, 27. Because yeah. the games wow. are only
1: 40 minutes long. Right. So. I like to see it. Yeah. And and the main thing we always see, no matter how well he's shooting, no matter if he's turning the ball over, he's always got that energy for Dalen. And that's that's you know, the first thing that you heard about him when the Bulls drafted Dalen Terry is oh, he brings energy, he defends in intense, you know, he works, his ass, off he in works practice. his ass off. He hustles, he he does his best to rebound, to push the pace. So if that's a minimum of what you're getting with Dalen Terry, like we said when he when we went over his his draft card. um, You know, I'm really not unhappy with, with the way he's going to help this team. And obviously the scoring and the offensive side has some work to do, but we said that with Patrick Williams and and I think Patrick Williams is ready. And I think he's developed his offensive game into being a capable scorer in the NBA. Now, not saying he's going to put up 20 a game, but he could be a third, fourth option on the Bulls. So, you know, Dale and Terry doesn't need to be that right now. He's got plenty of time to develop that. So if he just brings that energy, brings the defense, and contributes to just help the team win, that's all we can ask from a rookie this year. That's what Io did for us last year, and that's what we expect from Dale and Terry this year, and hopefully we can get that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just a shame that we had to get blown out by the Knicks in particular as a team. <laughs> um, they, got some, they got some nice
1: young pieces, the New York Knicks. That's, that's about it, some nice young pieces. You know,
0: I would like to talk about briefly – the Mavericks core and what we saw in that first game.
1: Specifically Jaden Hardy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Specifically Jaden Hardy. I mean,
1: everyone's starting to talk about that guy. And and everyone was saying that the Mavs got a steal, and the Mavs knew it. Like, they've got a great pick. Because Luka needs help still. And if you could find a guy w- like Jaden Hardy in the second round, like, come on. He has, he has potential to be a 20-point-per-game score in the league. He's so athletic. He's athletic. The he's way smooth, he finishes like, around the rim. He looks
0: like he's been playing in the summer league for 10 years already. Like, yeah, I know. he I mean that's what they look for, right? Those yeah. players who are really calm with the ball right. who can
1: handle that pressure. Even even the more so ball. than like guys like Bonchero and like like Bonchero when I see his highlights, he's had some really good plays this summer league, but he looks a little rushed with the ball, you know. He's he's not as smooth as a, a season NBA vet, but Hardy, man, his dribbles, those fadeaway pull ups, like he looked nice. Yeah. And and I, I like that you brought that up because, you know, as basketball fans, we have to give credit where credit's due. And the Mavs have a really good really good uh young Potential star in Jaden Hardy, and and he showcased that in his first game. I don't I don't know if he played uh after that since, but I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely keep an eye on him and how he does throughout mm-hmm. the summer league and especially in his rookie year because, yeah. like you said, he's got loads of potential, man.
0: Yeah, it's just, and you know, you'll see some stars who in the summer league they are a little bit rushed. It's a common thing. You know, it's the excitement, the nerves, and it's just some people's play style that they they are they look a little quick with the ball, and sometimes that takes a lot of time to develop. Um, you know, even Zach Levine was very rushed with the ball at the, at the beginning of his career. Such an athletic guy, such a quick guy. They get a little antsy with yeah. the ball.
1: You saw that with Patrick Williams a lot his first two years. he you no, get off. that travel call every time because yeah, yeah, he was always yeah.
0: trying to go too fast. you take, take off before the ball yeah. hit the ground. Um, and, the, and obviously that's something players can develop yeah. out of, but it's nice when you've got a guy who he's smooth is just he is smooth he is he's he looks very fluid with the ball um just a guy who looks comfortable at all times so it's three the, level score too he yeah. can hit the
1: three he can hit the mid-range he can score around
0: the rim we saw him you know taking contact and doing he really you know, does appreciate contact extremely well around yeah. the rim that's i mean that's something especially for a somewhat smaller guy it's it's nice to see so yeah um like, like i said for them yeah it's <laughs>
1: always you know we're here to acknowledge NBA talent and when we see something that again he went in the second round this isn't a guy that went top 10 he went in the second round and he you know he played about as well as anyone that I've seen in the summer league so far so there's always gonna be those players every year in the summer league and you know you hope they're the Bulls players but so far you know we had the Simonovich breakout game in game one Dalen Terry's been you know he's played all right he hasn't done anything super crazy on the offensive side so you know you got to give credit where it's due and, and Hardy deserves it. But anyway, outside of the summer league, we obviously made a couple signings last week with the re-signing of Derek Jones Jr. and then we brought in Goran Dragic. Yeah. Um both very small contracts. Jones is 2 years, 6.6 million I think. And then um Dragic is what? Just under a shade under 3 million? Yeah. Okay. So both of those contracts are very small. What are you thinking about We'll start with, we'll start we'll Derek, start Jones. with Derek Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I, I support the, I the re-signing it. of him. I, I'm glad we brought him back, especially for that cheap of a deal. I thought he was going to get
0: at least $10 million yeah, again. again. No, I I love it. Obviously, there is a little bit of disappointment uh, with free agency so far. R- regarding the Bulls, not in the fact that I wanted to make one of those huge, massive moves that would change the the complex of the team as a whole. Um, but I, I I think I would have liked to see a little bit more change, but – when i when when i found out that we were re-signing Derek Jones Jr. i was ultimately very happy. i mean, the guy brought more to the t- table last year than i anticipated, than a lot of guys anticipated. um defend defend the ball much better than I, than i expected. uh could hit outside shots. Um, obviously, uber athletic guy. a little he's a highlight reel. he's a walking highlight play. And for such a cheap deal, like you said, I expected him to make even close to ten million from a team. So ultimately, I, you know, I'm I'm happy with the the signing.
1: Yeah, and I, I like you said, I think he exceeded expectations so much this last year. And he went at the beginning of the year, he didn't play, but obviously Billy Donovan was forced to play guys, and everyone he played, a lot of players did a great job of seizing that moment. We saw it from Javante, we saw it from Io, and especially Derek Jones, especially being asked to play center on that West Coast road trip we took early right. in the season. I mean, he he was playing his ass off. Like, he was blocking shots, using the athleticism. Obviously, he's not a center, and he doesn't have the frame to be one, but, you know, you get put in a role, you got to do the best you can in that role. And Billy Donovan said, hey, go out there, just give us some minutes so we can, you know, you e- e- need to give Tony Bradley his break because obviously Vooch had COVID. And Derek Jones came in there. And, you know, he was in, he was running the pick and rolls with the big, big guy. And obviously his athleticism allows him to to finish at the rim really well. So it, it, bringing him back on, you know, barely a minimum contract, barely, what, not even seven mil over two years, that's a steal. And like you said, he brought so much to the table that bringing him back on this team with his playoff experience and his versatility, that's no, I'd say it's the
0: easiest decision that Bulls front office made this offseason. Yeah. Uh, couldn't be happier honestly um with based off of the player that we got back for how much we paid him and it's always nice bringing back a bulls player that um that proved himself pretty uh, pretty well
1: last um, season think about the Lowry trade we made like we got a first round pick from the blazers which obviously we didn't get last year but i th- i want to say that turns into a uh, unrestru- un unprotected first round pick this year yeah it does blazers could be either really good or really bad so we'll see how we what we get with that but um, and then we also got Derek Jones Jr. So an expiring contract, you know, and Lowry marketing, obviously goes to the Cavs, gets a decent sized deal there, plays how he plays. But we got, I think we got the best out of that trade, and plays we really fleeced plays. Portland and and uh, Cleveland in that one. I don't know if we necessarily fleeced them. But well, think about it, Lowry marketing got, you know, paid what f- I don't remember exactly, but he got paid decently probably a little overpaid for the way he had played the last couple of years and barely averaged probably not even 15 points a game for the Cavs. Larry Nance was in and out of the Portland rotation. Portland yeah. gave up a first round pick for him. Right. And the Bulls come away with a first round pick and Derrick Jones who played the best out of all three of those guys last season.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess as far as yeah, you know, initially it looked a little rocky because of Larry Markin's potential and, you know, such a big guy with the abilities that he has, but you know, I do understand what you're saying, you know, based on his development, Larry's, um, how much he was getting paid, and our return for it, we did come out pretty nice in the deal. Um, we've got a guy who contributes to our team that is not getting overpaid, and you know, it's a guy that you know what you're getting. Yeah, and and remember
1: when they were making that trade, they they didn't trade right away. Everyone was like, oh, when is Lowry going to get moved? When is Lowry going to get moved? They held out. They said they wanted a first round pick for him, and. Derek Jones was thrown in there as a salary filler. Right. Because the market was making about the same amount that eight to nine million on his fourth year of his deal. So Derek Jones, like we were like, Oh, cool, Derek Jones. We know him from the dunk contest. We know him from the heat. You know, he's a good defender. He he's athletic. And then he comes to the Bulls and ends up playing, you know, a really vital role. There's games he's guarding Kevin Durant. There's games where he's playing center. So, you know, it all just goes back to the Bulls front office and how good they've been finding talent and, you know billy donovan for giving every guy all these guys a shot and giving them minutes and them and the players for for seizing that opportunity because like i said jones was out of the rotation to start the year and even at the end of the year in the playoffs like going into the playoffs i don't think he was going to play very much but again injuries happen things happen he's got to step up and he always answered the call so we got him back for two more years i think he's got a player option for the second year so it's really a one-year prove-it deal for him so i in a way, he might only be here for one more year, but I'll take that anyway. And then we got Dragic, who is a veteran, playoff experience, can score the ball. You know what you're getting with him, too. How do you feel about that
0: one being brought in? This one was extremely confusing to me. I wasn't pissed about it, but I sat there and I said, really? What What's going on here? So initial thought, obviously, okay, well, Kobe White is gone. There's no way we can bring in this much depth. I I mean, it was an issue last year, and we just brought in another guard. Um, Now you're looking at you got Io, Kobe White, Caruso, now Drogic. It it got me prepped for a big move to happen. Now, obviously, that move has not happened yet. Um, Kobe White is still on the team. So I don't know if something in the future is in the works or we are actually that worried about Lonzo Ball's health. That's also a big concern. Um, obviously, towards the end of the season, Lonzo Ball, his recovery didn't meet the timeline that it was originally supposed to. Uh, it went on a little longer. They said it was a tricky recovery. Um, he had some lingering pain going on. So that timeline got extended. Obviously, we now know Lonzo Ball didn't play a single game after he got hurt. I don't even think it was in the cards if we had moved on to the second round. Maybe not even further. Yeah, uh, we, I we didn't really get back. any clear answers on his timeline. Um, and we still don't really have any clear answers on his timeline. Now, AK did come out um, end of the season presser that it shouldn't be something Bulls fans are concerned about. Lonzo Ball, as long as he doesn't suffer another injury or seriously hurt himself again within his recovery process, he should be back to ready to go the next season. But it's becoming more and more unclear about what that is. You know, you see more stuff coming up about Lonzo Ball. You haven't seen any workout tape of Lonzo Ball, you haven't really just had the information to ease the mind of Bulls fans a bit to feel confident in his recovery. It'll so, be interesting to see through training camp how right. how they use him. So how this goes back to the draw, draw gets cr- traded either means that Kobe White's going to be traded, which is the most likely possibility in my mind. I, th- I think so too. It also could mean that the Bulls organization is a little nervous about the Lonzo Ball recovery and if he's going to be ready to go or in the same spot he was to begin last season or a little bit of both, of course. Um, If if Kobe White gets traded, we bring in some front court pieces, maybe some vets, maybe some shooters on the wing. Then, of course, uh, Lonzo Ball doesn't recover the way that we anticipated. Then they're kind of covering two bases there right kobe's out get some pieces for him um and then it's a little insurance for the whole lonzo ball situation i other than that i don't it doesn't really mean much yeah to we, bulls fans like, he's a vet like you said he's a vet he got absolutely dunked on by derek rose <laughs> that's <laughs> i saw the the meme that was out uh Goran Dragić claims to wear number 1 for the Bulls to acknowledge him getting absolutely murked by Derrick Ross in that playoff uh not the playoff game but in that in that game that was unreal but yeah. other than that it it's not it doesn't have it doesn't hold too much significance other than what it means for other players on the Bulls team and and what it means from the from the ownership like they've
1: handcuffed the the the, the front office with uh you know Arturus and Mark Eversley, they've handcuffed them so much this offseason, and we knew coming in, like, we knew it wasn't going to be a big spending offseason. We got our guys last season, but to, to to tell them we can't go with, you know, a dollar into the luxury ca- tax to, to improve the team, you're basically saying, we saw what this team was last year, we're not a championship team, so here's a couple million dollars, go out and improve it, and, you know, Acme's saying, Here's what we can do. We can bring in Drummond. We can bring in Dragic, We can resign Derek Jones. But is the team really improved? You know, we addressed a couple holes, but nothing that really shifts, turns the tide. And and it really sucks because, like, I think we talked about this last time on the show, but when you have something so close to what could be a championship team, and we saw what the team was at full health, one of the best teams in the East. We are, were in the one seed in the East at the All-Star break.
0: But you know. it, it is frustrating. Um, obviously, as Bulls fans, we know that GMs can change, you know, president of basketball operations can change, coaches can change. The one thing that will stay the same, folks, is that Jerry Reinsdorf will be the owner of the Chicago Bulls, which puts a limit on how far we can go. When you have an owner who is not willing to pay the extra money for going to the luxury tax, that really does, for lack of a better word, put a cap on how far you can progress other owners who are more lenient with how they spend their money um who invest their money into the team that they own in order to bring in more revenue for themselves who find that risk worth it you see they have more success right like the golden state warriors exactly. right it, it's frustrating
1: and chicago it's a big market it's huge. like you're gonna make that money you know what kind of money this team brings in. Even when we were rebuilding, we're always at the top of the league in, uh, you know, the value of the franchise. And like we re-signed Zach Levine, so credit to the ownership for not saying, oh, you know, we don't want to give our star player this contract because we're going to go way over the salary cap. We re-signed Zach, but that that should have been a no-brainer. That that doesn't change my opinion on the front on the ownership of this team. And in my opinion, I think all Bulls fans will agree with this: Reinsdorf, sell the Bulls, go. F- Use that money, figure out what what's going on with the White Sox right now, because obviously they own that team too. And f- put more money into that team because they need it. They're, you know, they're burning up right now. And then the Bulls can be owned by someone who puts his f- sole focus into this team. Because the Bulls fan base in Chicago, the Chicago loves the Bulls. You know, that's our only basketball team. And the Bulls have been such an historic team. The success we've had, like the fans deserve better than this. And and I know it's not, you know. It, all we're complaining about is just not going to the luxury tax. Like, we did spend money last year. We have brought in free agents. We try to get competitive. But the teams that win championships are the teams that take that next step. They go, you know, they cough up a little extra money to bring in role players, to bring in the players that are championship contenders, contending players. And we're not seeing that. You know, we we the, the front office was told, here's what you can do. You can't go over this luxury tax. We had that hard uh, trade exception from the Tice trade last year. We couldn't even use that because it would take us a, a, a little bit into the, l- the luxury tax uh range. And it sucks cuz we could have brought in Danilo Gallinari. We could have brought in a better backup five. We could bring in a, a a wing shooter, but no. We're stuck with, you know, minimum contracts, 36-year-old or however old Goran Dragić and and you know, the other teams are
0: are going to look at us and right. be like, "What do they do to contend?" Uh, Every team in the East got better this year. Yeah. I mean, it's nice cuz we're not owned by one of these big chicago networks our podcast is our company so we can say this sell the team jerry i mean give someone else a shot it's not working we need someone who's more dedicated to our team who has sole ownership of our team and not another chicago sports team someone who will put their all their eggs in one basket and someone willing to invest in our team to push us over that edge because all we want is bulls fans is to reach that level of competitiveness once again. We've been close, but there's always something holding us back. I'm not saying that it's only because, oh, our owner doesn't go into the luxury tax. That's why we don't win championships. No. But we're finally getting somewhere where we're getting closer. We've got some pieces. We've got a great GM, a great president. We're getting closer. Now that next step is being willing to invest in our team and like I said push us over that edge. It's been a hell loop with with Reinsdorf.
1: cuz after the Jordan era what happened? We go into a massive rebuild. And then what happens? We get the Derrick Rose era going. We're number 1 team in the East with the Heat, you know, it's always us in the heat every year in those in those few years that we were real contenders. But why couldn't we contend? Because we didn't have the star power. Yeah, we had Derrick Rose, but we drafted him. We our best free agent signing during that era was Carlos Boozer. Like, this is going to continue to happen until, until this ownership has changed because we get so close, and Bulls fans get a taste of what winning's like, but we can never get over that hump because, you know, in the offseason, the Heat were the ones getting Ray Allen. The Heat were the ones getting the, the veterans. And you know people want to come play for the Bulls. Mo Bombo really wanted to come play for the Bulls, but we told him no, we can't sign you. A twenty four year old center who's a first round pick coming off a career year because we can't give you ten million dollars
0: a year. Right. It's sad. Obviously, it, we it, know it. we did not use our exception. That's something we also didn't note on. Uh that's passed. So really any other change that you guys want to see happen this offseason is gonna be via trade. Uh most likely Kobe White. Um it's it's, it's frustrating meeting a cap. Now obviously we we did come off of a great off season last season. Uh, th- that was the most fun I've ever had in an off season, I think. But I just feel like we're going into that loop again where yeah, and the ownership's going to hold us back, the decisions made not willing to spend the money. It and it like, sucks.
1: Like you said, again, we spent the money last season. We're not expecting to go out and just, you know, signed the biggest for. We, we didn't want Bradley Beal. You know, we didn't want him to go out and sign another well, max contract we, we couldn't do it anyway. No. But we just want we have a mid-level exception, we have the the trade exception and we have the we can go into the hard cap and we we barely done any of that. Uh, every team in every sport, the cap is going up. These teams just manipulate it. They find a way to bring in players that they want. They 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 manipulate the contracts. They Front load, back load the contracts. The teams literally hire higher salary cap like strategists to figure out. Oh, in football, let's give Taysom Hill a four year max contract, but they're all voidable contracts. So it's basically a one year ten million dollar deal. Right, and they that's how the Saints avoid the 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 salary cap for that. The Buccaneers hired one. I don't remember his name, but they hired like a finance like genius to be their salary cap strategist and say, how do we bring all our players back, every single one from the Super Bowl winning team? How do we do that so we can continue to stay competitive? And as well, bring in players that will continue to help us win. The Bulls aren't doing that. The Bulls' ownership is saying, you know, we, I know we, we, can, we have a good team, but this is as far as we can go. This is as good as we can become. If we can win with this team, great. If not, my pockets are still filled with cash, so I can go, you know, run down the street, check on the White Sox who are also in a really bad situation and then also have my pockets filled with cash. And that it sucks when an owner's only cared about the money and not about the fans and about the team. And like you said, it's time for a change. It's time for someone to come in and put their sole focus on the Chicago Bulls and give the fans what they deserve after years of disappointment and letdown. Just it's time, man. Yeah. And I, I hate to go on a huge rant, you know, for the last five, ten minutes about this, but it's frustrating because I can see. I can see now. I don't see us winning a championship next year with this team. I hate to say it, we will contend, but we won't win the championship. And after that, we might be looking at another rebuild, because we're not saying that you know bringing in two more free agents is going to win us a championship. But it shows, it tells the fans and the team that you're willing to go all in. This is the time to do it. You 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 use what you got left. You use the resources you have to bring in the players. And. And when you're not doing that, like I said, it's it's just disappointing and it's frustrating. And I, I'm sure we can go on forever. And I've listened to a lot of baseball radio, and White Sox fans are just as unhappy with the way that the ownership has treated that team too. You know, terrible freedom signings, lackluster focus by the ownership. Tony La Russa brain brought in as the coach. Um, but that's you know, we're not we're not here to talk about that. But it's so at the end of the day,
0: we are the Chicago Bulls. Probably the best-known basketball team around the world. Let's start treating us like we're the Chicago Bulls. Right. This is not the Utah Jazz where we can't get a free agent to come
1: even if we paid them $60 million a year. This is the Chicago Bulls, one of the biggest markets in all of sports and one of the most historic teams in all of sports. So it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be this hard to even contend for a championship. It shouldn't be, you know, contend two years, rebuild for eight. And, you know, those 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 vets of the 90s, Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan, Tony Kukoc, all those guys are probably just looking at this team like, boy, what happened? Yeah. Because we have something. Like we said, we have something here. We have something brewing. We got a great team right now, but we're just going to waste all the talent? It's ridiculous. But anyway, I think we covered everything that's been going on with the Bulls. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of a rant that today, but I'm sure sure you guys will will all agree (laughs) and in unison ask for this team to be sold. But other than that, we got more summer league action coming up this week. Continue to pay attention to the, to the rookies, to Simonovich, to the guys that the four guys that are going to be potentially on the big league roster next year. And uh, we'll see if any Kobe white trade happens. Probably not. I'm guessing they're going to wait till the season to start with that. But other than that, Bulls fans, thank you again for listening to us. We appreciate your following. It's going to be a grind, especially until the season, but we're always here to give you news, updates, and obviously just our opinions on what's going on with the Bulls. We always ask you to like, comment, share, subscribe,
0: do whatever you can to help us grow this podcast. And uh... Also, guys, follow us on Twitter. Yes. Uh, we We like to interact with you guys. We try to do polls, and we just like to hear from you guys, especially – um, not only Bulls fans, but the Bulls fans who specifically listen to us, who enjoy our content. So make sure you follow us at the Run with Us podcast. I believe it's the Run with Us pod on Twitter, um, and just inter- tweet at us, interact with us. We love all that shit. Like S- send us DMs if you have anything you want, you think we should talk about on the
1: show. Any you know segments we should add. Um, you can always email us too at the Run with Us podcast at gmail dot com. You can find us our personal Twitters. You can find us on Instagram. You know we're all there we got plenty of plugs for you guys to, to communicate. And like Kevin said, we just want to interact with the Bulls community because that's what this podcast is for, bringing Bulls fans together and just talking about what's going on, how do we feel about the team and you know what we want to happen. Other than that, uh, thank you for listening, and uh, always stay running with us. Run with us.